can't read the label when you're inside the jar, sometimes the best branding output... <laughs> I like that. That's a great one. Uh, sometimes the best branding output comes from the branding agencies that have never worked in the space. They're bringing yeah. fresh, clean, new ideas yeah. and perspective. Yeah. Welcome to the B2B Growth Marketer Podcast. My name is Alex, and today we are talking with John Bertino, the CEO and founder of The Agency Guide. And uh, John, talk to us a little bit about about you, about what 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 is The Agency Guide and, and who are you working with? Yeah, sure thing. And first things first, thanks for thanks for having me, Alex. I appreciate it. Great to be on the show. Um, so the agency guide, or we often go by TAG, is a, is a unique marketing consultancy and uh, granted a unique business model. Um, and so we and my four team members are out in the field culting, cultivating relationships with brands. Um, and then when given the opportunity, providing pro bono, that means free consulting in an effort to advise on you know, what marketing channels we would be investing in if we were in their shoes, if we were in their business, what realistic and objective investments in those marketing channels could and should look like, and then what realistic expectations to have as a result of those investments. And then if and when we and the brand are aligned on what they should do, why they should do it, and roughly what it's going to cost, it's at that point that we look to matchmake them with one of our roughly 200 different marketing agency and consultant partners. So we represent these 200 or so vetted marketing teams. And again, kind of matchmaking them to the ideal brand projects and brand needs based on that initial kind of strategy outlay that, that I mentioned. Again, we do this all at yeah. no cost because we make our revenue through the marketing agencies and consultants we represent, but only if yeah. that brand actually hires them and more so if they stay with them. So that creates a very real incentive for us to be connecting brands with agencies they're truly going to love, hire, and stay with. Yeah. Yeah, I, I think with your background, um, and you know, we met a couple years ago in San Diego when That's you right. were uh, still, still located here in San Diego, right. and I always thought that was such an interesting model. And so I wanted to talk with you today because of this experience you know, a lot of the the people in, you know, a lot of our listeners are in-house marketers, marketing managers, coordinators, directors, uh, some VPs in there and hiring agencies, you know, they either have a lot of experience or maybe they're about to start it for the first time. Mm -hmm. And, you know, from an agency, I can go ahead and say, here's the pros and cons, but I'm an agency. Right. So, <laughs> of course, people are going to think my, uh, my answers are a little skewed towards working with an agency, um, you know. I think our philosophy and your philosophy line up well, and if we're not the right fit, we're not the right fit. Mm. But I think I wanted to talk today from like your perspective, what should companies be looking for? What should they be thinking about? Uh, you know, what makes what makes uh, the right partner, you know, fit? And what, what are some of those matchmaker qualities you look for? So I'm excited about the conversation today. So maybe just let's start off um, with maybe like why why do how how do you exist like why why do you exist in this like ecosystem um and is there was there something broken between agencies and brands just trying to match make themselves or like how do you where did you see like this need sure to come in sure so tag has been around for actually eight years now uh eight years we've been doing this and 
you know, the situation I saw in the first place um, and the hypothesis I had to fix it was that the marketing agency, especially digital marketing agency landscape had become extremely cluttered, right? Um, mm -hmm. For better or worse, the barriers to entry to open and call yourself a marketing agency are next to nothing. Um, at least at first, right? To just get your store, yeah. your air quotes store up and start calling yourself a marketing agency. There's no real formal certification uh, that validates that <laughs> unlike regulated, regulated industries is what I mean. Um, it's unregulated. And, you know, with the advent of like the Wix and Squarespaces of the world, um, it's become really easy to have a good looking website too. Um, and so the Couple that with the fact that it's such a lifestyle business or can be a lifestyle business, at least when you have a small agency. And so there was just, there was and still is a flood of new entrants constantly. And that creates a problem for the brands, right? I mean, it's one thing if you're a large brand with a large budget, okay, that's a different kind of swimming pool, if you will. But for your small to mm -hmm. even mid-sized brands dealing with more boutiques, small to mid-sized agencies, there are so, so many. And, you know, again, um, it's not hard to call yourself an agency. And so when I launched Tag8 years ago, at that point, I had already had a solid decade of digital and brand marketing experience behind me. And I said, you know, wait a minute. I think that we can do something about this. I think that we can help provide value on both sides of the equation. That is, help the agencies, the real agencies, the good agencies get the right clients, which is actually a real grind for them as well. And yeah. I think yeah. I felt like, and the hypothesis that needed to be tested was, I think we can add tremendous value to the brands and their ability to either expedite the process of finding the right agency partner um, or just do it with more certainty and less risk. And I'm, mm -hmm. I'm happy to say that eight years later, that that seems to be the case. Yeah, um, I feel like you have described our life cycle stage as an agency mm. um, fairly well. And, and uh, you know, we started about 10 years ago um, and, you know, I'm always pretty transparent and open as we we opened is like, Anybody who said they needed something digital, we said yes to. Um, we were that agency, I think, early on because trying to get a foothold in what we're doing. And we've certainly matured, um, you know, a lot in the last 10 years and aren't aren't that way anymore. And I, I see you're right. There's so many out there. Um, so when you talk about just to like, let's define what is a what is a what is a boutique agency What's like a medium agency and what's like a large agency? Yeah, sure. And I want to just quickly go back to what you said and say, you know, kudos to you for your like candor, transparency, your clarity, <laughs> right to acknowledge that. I think there's no shame in that. That's how most agencies start. Yeah. Um, and then you go yeah. through that process, I think. And I think if you're if you have the right mindset as an agency owner, you try to I hesitate to say niche down, but just get more narrow and pointed in where you want to focus yeah. service-wise and or industry-wise. And clearly you guys have, yeah. have successfully made that pivot. Yeah. And so, you know, you I love your question actually because part of where our message and, and our mantra, our mission can get skewed is on this, well, what the hell is an agency anyway? And that goes back to <laughs> what I was kind of saying about the landscape, you know, Air quotes agencies, for those that are on audio only, um, come in 
all different shapes and sizes, right? Arguably, one person yeah. could call, can and does and do call yeah. themselves an agency. Mm-hmm. Plenty of husband wife teams. You've got the mm-hmm. small teams backed by the slew of freelancers, uh, and or um, just like third party partners they work with. Then you've got the emerging more mid sized agencies that are trying to bring more and more of it in house. And then you've got the really large conglomerates that are mm-hmm. kind of a mix of all those things and regularly in flux yeah. on what their actual model is based on the economy and the <laughs> amount of opportunities they're getting. But um, yeah, did I answer your question? Yeah, just because, you know, one of the things uh, in our sales opportunities, you know, I'm having conversations sometimes us being, you know, I guess we would be more boutique we'd be like we're, we're 10 or 11 employees full-time size and so sometimes we are disqualified because we're too small mm. uh sometimes that's what they want because they feel like they're not getting um you know there's not going to be like nine different account managers they're going to shift through their account and curious curious to, to here's to know for you know when people are evaluating agencies or thinking about are there pros and cons to both um, you know, forget that you're talking to me who is an agency of about a 10 or 11, like just think of it like broadly speaking, what are the pros of a smaller, you know, let's say, let's say like, like 10 to 20 versus something that's like, I don't know, 20 to 60, I would say is like the next category, uh, of agencies. Yeah. I, I more or less agree with your tiers. Although I have to preface this by saying, um, there's plenty of pitfalls with, with, kind of sizing an agency up based on their like W2 full-time headcount for the reasons that I kind of was mentioning earlier, which is just because you have, you know, there's plenty of agencies out there saying they're 10, 15 people when actually they're three W2 and 10 freelance contract. And then you've got those that say they're 10, 15, but they're all W2, but they're actually backed by another 15, 20 freelancers. And then you know, those that are 1015 W2, but then have like a slew of agency partners they patch in as needed. So in a lot of ways, sizing an agency up based on W2 headcount is kind of flawed to begin with. Um, Having said that, I think your question was essentially, you know, what are the pros and cons of maybe working with a smaller agency versus a larger one, right? Yeah, yeah, Um, yeah. And and those do exist. Um, so, so, so generally speaking, I mentioned we represent about 200 different teams. The vast majority of them are in that 10 to 20, 10 to 25 agency size. That's why I interjected and said I, I love that size of 11. That is, yeah. in, in my humble but professional opinion, c- kind of the magic range. Because with and – that, and, that, and again, that's not to say every brand out there should only work with agencies 10 to 20 people. Right. but. You can get a lot of really quality output from a great team of seasoned marketers at about that size. Um, yeah. You know, some of the best branding agencies we represent, um, and something about branding in particular seems to lend itself well to smaller teams. Some of the absolute best mm-hmm. we represent w- that work with some of the biggest brands on the planet yeah. are like 20 people, you know? Um, yeah. So, yeah. So, yeah. And then on, so on the larger side, 
and and it's so it's so hard to paint with such a broad brush. You know this. I think the question probably a little bit tongue in cheek, right? Um, but a lot of the larger larger agencies suffer from you know um, like poor account management syndrome, and I think that's the rap on them, right? Like a lot of brands will be like, we don't really yeah. want a large yeah. agency because we don't want to slip through the cracks. And I think like like any generalization, there's a lot of truth in that. However. If I were to throw a bone to the somewhat larger agencies, we'll define large as what? Uh, 65, 80 plus, maybe something yeah. like that. And of course, then you've got the hundreds. Um, yeah. I think, I think to be, you, a brand should be wary of any agency that calls themselves full service that doesn't have at least, set call it, 75, 80 people. Because in truth, if we're honest about it, yeah. you can't really be anything close to what could truly be called full service unless you have quite a few employees to do all of those tasks and do them well. (laughs) So something's awry if someone's calling themselves full service and they're like, well, how big's your team? Oh, 25 people. Well, something's not adding up there. So I could, I could riff on this for a while, but yeah. And I'm sure, I'm sure the type of agency or the services they provide also depends on like how big they need to be to do the work that they need to do. Indeed. If you've got like an earn like a paid media agency, they don't need thirty people unless they have a ton of accounts. Um, you know, creative, I, I brandy and I also see them being I agree with you that the smaller ones tend to be uh, do great work or can do great work without sacrificing scale. Um, and I think there's certain, you know, that, that require more full service, you're right. We, we used to do that, so <laughs> stop calling us out, John. Uh, you just keep like hitting all of the uh, all of our all of our past demons are coming out. But uh, that's kind of you know you talked about like agencies starting to to narrow, mm-hmm. and that's what we did is we said okay we're gonna do inbound inbound content. Then it turned into inbound inbound HubSpot. Then it turned into inbound HubSpot video, and like that's that alone is a lot. Um, but we are not a full service. We're not gonna do everything. Um, I think it's just like that um, masters of none kind of argument where you're okay at a bunch of things, but you're not great at anything um, unless you have that team like you're talking about 80 or so. Yeah, I would tend to uh, agree. Let's, let's talk about um, – so we've kind of talked about the different sizes and benefits and um, you know like what you think is kind of a sweet spot, but that's not necessarily means that's the only option. If, um, if you were to tell – um, if you were to tell a marketing director out there who's about to hire an agency, maybe for the first time, they're gonna that's that's more than like, hey, we need someone to design something. It's more they're gonna be doing ongoing services. Maybe they're gonna do SEO, paid ads. Maybe they're gonna do creative. Um, what are what are some of the things you would give them to look out for? Maybe some red flags. Um, what are some of the things you know? Do you have any like core tenants that? agencies must must show for them to be uh you know like how can you tell a good agency from a not good agency i guess and what advice would you have for people sure a lot of meat on the bone there um let me start with kind of the red flags thing um so a few kind of um simpler and more straightforward ones i'm a big proponent of of not talking over people's heads, especially intentionally. And therefore, um, I see it as a big red flag when agency personnel 
go, likes to go real deep in the jargon and try to impress a prospective client based with a lot of jargon and marketing speak. Now, look, as a fellow marketer, I get it. You know, if you speak, talk the talk really well and fluently, it's natural to incorporate some of the jargon mm-hmm. and, you know, use that as a way to demonstrate competency and expertise yeah. and just comfort, comfort level with the subject matter. But here I would say, and there's, but there's a few problems with that. But, and I would say the big one is that if I were to say the one of the most important things in a successful client agency relationship is expectations and expectation setting. And how are you going to set good, honest expectations if you're spending so much time talking over their head? So what's much more important, I would argue, than sounding like a stud, a marketing stud, is making sure that the person on the other end of the phone that you're selling to understands what the hell they're getting. Um, Because, you know, all that flexing is only going to come back to bite you if they were just going, "Uh uh-huh, 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 because they didn't want to sound dumb or that they didn't get it. And then when push comes to shove and it's time to review the work that was done, they go, well, wait a minute. Well, what about this? Well, what about that? Or I didn't know you were going to do this or I didn't know I was paying for that. And a lot of that comes back to the very simple point of too much, too much inflated sales speak and jargon. Yeah. So similar to that, a slightly different take on that, but kind of next point is I would look for an agency that really wants you to understand what you're buying, right? Takes the time to say, does that make sense? Or um, what, you know, an agency that kind of pushes back on you as the buyer to say like, you know, what do you think of our approach there? Does that resonate with you? That wants to have a two-way conversation about what they're selling you and what that engagement's gonna look like. So, so again, like not a one-way conversation where they're just, talking right. and flexing and telling you what they're going to do. But a two-way right. conversation I think is really important and sets a precedent for the, what, how the communication is going to flow in the relationship. Um, and then next point, again, kind of similar, but building on that, and this goes back to our full service discussion, is the agency you're speaking to very clear, honest, and straightforward about where their strengths are? So you said it perfectly. You just demonstrated this, right? Like, and I know this from past conversations with you that, you know, you guys are super clear on what you do and what you do well. And you're not afraid to say, we're not currently offering that service. I'm sure you'd say, but we know a guy that can help you or we have partners that do that. But this whole like, and we do that too. Oh, and oh, we've got that covered. That almost always backfires. You know, I do know some teams that seem to know how to navigate that yeah. minefield quite well, but generally speaking, I don't think they should be trying to navigate minefields. You know, yeah. it, pay, it yeah. generally pays much better to just be real candid and straightforward about strengths and weaknesses. And so, last things last, if you're the buyer, look for an agency that is willing to tell you what they don't do well yeah so is that from a from a marketer is that is that just asking them what do you do really well and what don't you do well or like is that just a flat out that's what ask that's one way to approach it look at their website too and there's a lot of uh agencies out there with that comment that are groaning or might a struck a chord because look the the Natural tendency, I think, is to, with the website especially, be somewhat broad so as to not turn anybody Mm -hmm. away from reaching out to you. 
But I think, you know, push comes to shove, you want an agency that's consistent. And so what they say on the phone mm-hmm. is consistent with what it says on the website, right? That's kind of marketing 101 yeah. when we talk about like driving yeah. somebody from an ad to your site, there needs to be that consistency. Same thing. The site should echo the strengths and weaknesses that are explained on the phone and through yeah. email and so on and so forth. Uh, what about what about promises, guarantees, uh is that is that ever a red flag? I mean, I'm in I'm in marketing, and if I ever promise someone we're gonna get X Y Z, um, I'm almost I'm almost certainly like making that up. Like I yeah. I never say that. <laughs> we never say that. But it is like is 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 that something that we should be or people should be worried about, or is that in some some agencies some some in you know some types of marketing is that fine? Is that is that like a common thing? Um, to offer that because I know it's tempting, right? You see a guarantee, you see a promise. It like helps ease the nerves uh, and risk as a, as a marketer. Sure. That one's kind of loaded. Um, so uh, <laughs> I think everything you just said is true and you gave both sides of it. So um, on like in short, if I had to answer in like a few words, I would say, yes, be wary of promises and guarantees. Having said that, um, depending on the service, as you alluded to, and the way the service is being executed, there are ways to guarantee certain things. Yeah. The first example that comes to mind is PR. Um, and boy, this is this yeah. is such a rabbit hole, and I hesitate to go all the way down it. And for your <laughs> listeners' benefit, I think I won't. But like, that's a good example of if you want true earned media, emphasis on the true and the earned Generally speaking, that can't be guaranteed other than, and then here's where the caveats come in, right? Other than if that PR agency has very specific, you know, deep, basically friend or personal relationships at a few key sites, Mm -hmm. I mean, they can basically guarantee some of the first couple placements. And then, you know, PR is one of these areas where um, the internet has invented or, or gave way to all kinds of new ways to fulfill air quotes PR. Uh, and now you've got things that might not quite be true and earned media, but boy, they sure look like they're earned and they sure look yeah. like they yeah. happened organically. And maybe that's just as good. And if yeah. that's and then if that's what the brand's looking for, if it's less about the traffic and it's more about the social proof, well, maybe it can be guaranteed. And so put the long the the broader point and the real answer to your question is it does depend on the service. There are ways to guarantee certain things. Um, but the guarantee should always be a little bit of an eyebrow raiser to start. Yeah. And I want to, I want to like, um, maybe give a caveat to my own comment, uh, guaranteeing or promising results. So we have some guarantees and promises, but it's not, it's, it's more transparency. It's more, you know, what we're going to provide and like how we work. Um, so I think those are obviously fine, but any, we, we always, we learned a long time ago, if you promise a guarantee a certain number of, leads traffic oh sure yeah whatever it is like that's it's always a a slippery slope yeah so so the irony just quickly um the irony and and to turn it on its head a little bit now speaking to the agencies um it's almost like the more things you can guarantee kind of the better 
but it shouldn't be the things that shouldn't be guaranteed. Like you're just saying, like leads, <laughs> rankings. But if you can go, look, I can't guarantee you X number of leads. I can't guarantee you X, uh, yeah. certain rankings, but I can guarantee you, oh, I don't know, I'm shooting from the hip here, um, you know, that you always have a 30-day out. I can guarantee you X number of calls per yeah. week. Yeah. The more things you can guarantee, like, you know, from a sales perspective, it works. Yeah. It works. Yeah. Uh, let's switch. Let's go to, um, you know, I have a feeling, you know, marketers talk, there's groups out there. What are some of, what are some of the myths? What are some of the overrated things people are looking for in, in agencies? Yeah. When hiring an agency. I love that question. And I'm going to give you <laughs> some real contrarian kind of viewpoints here. Um, maybe even somewhat controversial in the agency space. And Ooh, we got a hot I'm take sure here. like, you know, here's where hot mic. here's the opportunity for, for, for comments <laughs> below. Right. Um, but I'll give you a few things that like a lot of brands will think of or default to that tend to be kind of either overrated or just don't work. And so, the 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 first thing is um uh i i think first of all this i this notion of kind of a good and bad agency to begin with is 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 in some ways overblown now don't get me wrong there's plenty of really bad agencies out there that frankly that's why that's why i exist but there are plenty of times where i've talked to a brand and they'd be like well we had to fire so and so they were terrible but a lot of times it wasn't necessarily that the agency was terrible as much as it was they might just not have been a good fit based on um, yes. you know, size. Maybe the agency was too small and had no business taking on that client. Or the other way around, the agency was too big, too busy, non-needy, and the client was needy and expected the red carpet. It's just not going to happen. So these types of like size and maturity discrepancies that go both ways really cause for bad relationships when in reality both sides might be you know realistic or feasible in what they're looking for yeah. but the, but they just weren't a good fit just like any relationship frankly um all right a couple others um the <laughs> relevant experience is an interesting one um because i th so and i can talk this both ways right on one hand relevant yeah. experience can be super important and a lot of times admittedly we're trying to bring agencies to the table with relevant experience but 70% of the reason why we do that is because we know the brands like it we're only 30% maybe yeah. doing it because we feel it's critical so that relevant ex and it depends on the marketing service but that relevant experience can help shorten some initial learning curves and maybe save some time yeah. initially. Yeah. But really, there's so – and I think a lot of brands don't realize this. There's so much that like – let's talk SEO and content marketing. We, I, I and you, I think you do a lot in content marketing and yeah. SEO too, right? How much can you learn about an industry with like – an hour or two's worth of keyword research, right? Like you can yeah. you can come to the table having never worked in the in industry ever before, <laughs> yeah. and after an hour or two of keyword research, go okay. So we know that these are the most important search terms. We know that you know yeah. people that search this are further down the funnel. A lot can be gleaned and deduced yeah. Yeah. with some keyword research tools. And so this is an argument essentially against being too biased towards picking an agency because maybe they've worked with a client or two in your space before because a lot can be gleaned without it. Different marketing service, branding. Yeah. I've seen it go both ways. On one hand, a branding agency can, again, shorten the learning curve and come to the table with some insights on your industry 
um, because they've worked in it before. But on the other hand, there's that old expression. I love this one. You can't read the label when you're inside <laughs> the jar. Sometimes the best branding <laughs> output. I like that. That's a great one. Uh, sometimes the best branding output comes from the branding agencies that have never worked in the space. They're bringing yeah. fresh, clean, new ideas yeah. and perspective. Yeah. So yeah. in short, I, I'm wary of putting too much weight or emphasis, or the brand should be wary, uh, strictly because someone has experience in the space. But you know what? It really doesn't matter that I'm saying this. They're going to do it anyway. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. So. Uh, we we just uh, we just started a new client and uh, the requirement was it was the the nail in the coffin to say yes is we have experience in enterprise software and that's what was important to them. We have another uh, you know we ended up not working with them because um, because we have a client in the same space and they didn't want that con- they didn't want it they and so it's like kind of a you know niche down into a specific industry, but then some people like it, some people don't like it. And so I think it's going to come down to preference of the buyer every time, uh, even That's if it right. may not be. I agree with you. It doesn't matter. It For us, we can walk into any any industry, any company that that wants us to work with them, and we can, we can build them a strategy, and it's going to work. Um, That's right. It doesn't matter. Which is a little bit it's, that's surprising. It's the marketing. It's not the company. Yeah. The brands listening probably don't believe us, right? But no. but it's it is no. actually the but truth uh, of the matter. How often do you hear this? But ours is different, right? <laughs> our our <laughs> our process is different. Our yeah, but we're very unusual. I I feel like I hear that every day, and I'm like, yeah, you're really. It's really not. You're just it's it's the same. It's the same across the board. You might call it different things. Um, you know, like how you run your marketing or sales, your customer buying experience. Um, it's, it's hilarious well, and, uh, how everybody and just to, thinks they're unique. Sorry, just to go back to the SEO content side of this, which is, I think, often where yeah. we're coming from with this. Even if the brand's mm-hmm. a little different, right? Okay, so it takes five minutes to understand the persona that they're servicing that their competitors aren't. And then you take that audience yep. persona, you punch in the types of things they would search for in a keyword research tool. And the yeah. sophistication of these tools gives you, you know, uh, tremendous yeah. amounts of insights and research <laughs> immediately at your fingertips about, okay, how am, yep. this is the content I need to create in order to solve that, yep. pers- that super unique yep. persona's needs. Yeah. Can, yeah. Do we have time for yeah. one or two more? Yeah. Yeah. And I have another question yeah. after this too, sure. so keep going. <laughs> because I could talk about this all day. <laughs> I want to give you one more. And this is that maybe okay. just comes back to my background in SEO because that's where I started. And that is the idea that you want to hire an SEO agency that ranks. Okay. Like I said, contrarian, I can hear the booze, <laughs> right, from all the SEO agencies out there that rank. <laughs> but I've got news for you. Um, ranking as an SEO agency, generally speaking, produces the worst clients. The worst. And I'm sorry, clients that Googled their way to an SEO agency, <laughs> but the more sophisticated clients don't Google SEO firm Illinois, right? They go yeah. through word of mouth yeah. referral. They look at the substance and depth of the content that's being put out or some other way. It's almost yeah. exclusively small businesses with really tight budgets that go to Google and say SEO agency Philadelphia. Right. And yeah. so that's not a, it's not intended to be a knock one way or the other, but here's the thing. The really sophisticated SEO agencies have generally figured this out 
And because SEO can be, is hyper-competitive and tends to be extremely expensive when it's hyper-competitive, they've chosen to allocate their marketing dollars elsewhere, which is extremely ironic, right? Let me just say that again. Yeah. The best SEO agencies on the planet <laughs> are often allocating their marketing dollars elsewhere, right? And so yeah. they're, where they're tending to put it is into like, again, deep, long-form content. And so they maybe want to rank for like, you know, um, head terms. The really, uh, if they're yeah. if they're really good and they real and they got the budget to to put into SEO, they're going after things like you know, oh, I don't know, um, how to topic model content or or how to do backlink acquisition yeah. in X Y Z industry. They're yeah. not trying to rank, Mister and Mister prospective customer. They're not trying to rank for SEO agency Delaware because they're getting the wrong leads yeah. and they have to put a ton of time and money into yeah. that and it's just not right. So unfortunately, yeah. here's the net yeah. net, as a buyer, you can't judge your SEO agency or you really shouldn't by what they rank for, at least not in your local market. It's not really important. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I mean, that. yeah, it, that, it, is, it is a funny comparison uh, when you think about it, uh, but you're, you're right. And the people, the, the the talented agencies, the ones that are maybe more niche, doing doing higher quality work, maybe cost more, they're still finding their audience. I mean, it, I could go back and forth on on buyer personas, but they know who they're selling to, and they're not selling to the people that are searching top uh, top SEO near me. You know, um, so I like that one. Uh, let's do let's do one more question, sure. and I think I think you're gonna have a great answer for this, just because I think you've kind of built your company around this. Um, we have heard from some of our best clients, you know, why, you know, why do, why do you work with us? You know, part of, part of case studies and it, and it, there's a commonality of relationships and they've built relationships with, with me through the sales process. And then they've carried that relationships into our team. Um, we are small, you know, I said we're 10 or 11. Um, that is big for us. That's like one of, you know, how we keep clients and retention and, and, but how important is that for everybody? Like that's, that's not for everybody. People don't need their best friend to be their agency, um, you know, customer service rep or digital strategist. Like talk talk about relationships in this process and are they really important? Are they not? Do they have to be? Uh, tell me, talk to me about that. Yeah. So, I mean, obviously this is, this is right in my sweet spot as a guy that's a marketing agency <laughs> matchmaker. And so it makes sense you'd want to end on this. So you made an interesting point there about you don't need an agency that's going to be their best friend. And I think if it were possible to strip all the emotion out of it, that is very much true. The problem is, as humans, that's not usually the way it actually unfolds, right? You can't strip out the you emotions. You kind of can't strip the emotions out of, out of it. I mean, we're people having conversations, relationships. There's often a lot of money on the line. Um, and so... The relationship is ends up being extremely important. The synergy, um, you know, it's funny. Quick detour, and then I'll answer the question very directly. Um, I'm working a very uh, juicy opportunity right now, and I introduced. It's in the Web three space. It's in the gaming space. Um, blockchain, play to earn, yep. all this stuff. Trust me, I'm getting back to your point. And. Um, the, I introduced them first to a very web, very seasoned Web3 marketing agency, but this, the personality synergy wasn't there. 
and they immediately mm-hmm. dismissed them. And it was much to my dismay because I think that they would be great together. So then I went to a very gaming-focused agency that happens to know Web3 blockchain stuff. And that was better. That was an improvement because they had the deep gaming experience, yeah. but it still wasn't a slam dunk. And so as a third and final introduction, and I don't usually do three introductions, but this situation warranted it, I brought them somebody that I just thought they'd get along with, who probably is the worst of the three, I think, like <laughs> the, like maybe yeah. to actually deliver. <laughs> and it see, all roads point to that's who they're going to go with because they just yeah. – the relationship is, is more important than it – than you would ever understand. Yeah. People want to do business with who they work with. So having said that, two yeah. takeaways to answer your question very directly. First, um, I always recommend to brands to try to get the person on the phone that they're going to work with every day. So maybe you're working with a salesperson, maybe you're working with the owner, conversations are going great, you're feeling really good. Before you sign that contract, ask to speak to the person you're going to be dealing with daily, they don't have to be your best friend, as you said, but you should feel as though they're competent and can communicate. Yeah. And, you know, a lot of times the person you deal with daily is a little lower um, in terms yeah. of the tenure than the person you were on the phone with. And, you know, um, some of the younger folks flowing through the agency space right now don't have the best communication skills. So I think that it's really important to vet that out because what you might end up with is an agency that really knows what they're doing, but a person that's frustrating to communicate with and that's almost going to blow up every time. And to the agency owners, make sure you're hiring people that can communicate, not just through text. (laughs) Like I'm, it's it's so, so overrated. And then second and final point, kind of flipping that on its head, let's say during the sales process, you're dealing with a a sales rep or even somebody that you're going to work with. uh, And this is usually for the larger agencies. I say always Google the owner of the agency and see if you can get a little bit of a taste for that individual, he or she, what they're like, the way they talk, if they resonate with you personally, because I feel that a lot of an organizational culture and the type of people they hire you is is kind of emblematic of the owner themselves, and so you can get a real good feel, I think, for what it's like to work with an agency based yeah. on some YouTube footage of the owner. So, <laughs> yeah, um, would you say um, I wish I wish we had some of our younger team members? What's the opposite of a red flag? Uh, like like a like a bonus, something that you might want to look for is is having a the person who you're going to work with or even like an equivalent you know if it hasn't been assigned yet maybe they have multiple success managers or account managers whatever they're calling them um involved in the sales process if that is organically if the agency's like hey we're this is progressing what i want to do is get our strategist and our account manager on the phone let's have a discussion about the strategy and where we're going or like you know whatever the topic is is that a is that something people should be looking for is that like a bonus yeah in 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 my professional opinion and i match people to agencies for a living um i like when the agency is very forthright and doesn't even and proactive they don't need to be asked Mm -hmm. to put the personnel on the phone that not only who the client would be working with but the other team members around them i think that's awesome yeah now You know, again, seeing it both ways from the agency side, that can be a real drain on resources to bring all the those mm-hmm. people to the table through a sales process that yeah. might turn into nothing. 
Um, but y- you yeah. know, I think it's a great it's a great look and a great benefit to sh- yeah. to kind of t- uh, give the look behind the scenes, especially in this virtual uh, field that we're in, where that client yeah. might never actually make it to the office. To give them a taste of the people behind the scenes, I think is awesome. Yeah, I agree. Well, this has been a great conversation, John. I really, I really appreciate it. Um, you know, it's funny we've we met many. I don't know, I don't know how long ago. We'll say four or five years ago in San Probably Diego, longer. and kind of reconnected. I think it might have been longer. Um, but yeah, it's just been a great conversation. I really appreciate you joining, uh, joining, and and giving your insights. I think. Um, there's a, there's a lot of articles out there of how to choose an agency. They just seem to be from agencies. So I think this is a great perspective that is more of a, you know someone who's doing it daily and, and matchmaking and figuring out what's the right solution. So I thought uh, I'm happy you could join. Yeah, thanks. Thanks again for having me. Hopefully, I wanted to bring you to your latter point about what's online. I wanted to bring you some stuff above and beyond like, you know, the classic awards, certifications, yeah. referrals, case studies, <laughs> testament. Yeah. All these things are good, um, but I want to give you some of that more behind-the-scenes stuff, and hopefully we accomplish that today. So thanks again for having me. It was great to be yeah, here. Yeah, it was great. And uh, for people that want to connect with you or find more information, maybe they're – I'm mean, sure you have stuff on your website of how to choose or find the right agencies. Maybe where, where can people find you? Sure. So we're all over social, as, as any marketing entity tends to be. So we're on Instagram, Facebook, LinkedIn, Twitter. I think LinkedIn's probably the best place to engage our site, www.theagencyguide.com. We were the agency guy for many years. We rebranded to guide. Um, and there's a contact us form if you want to get in touch with us. You know, I thought I was going crazy. I, I was telling story on our team. I was like, oh, yeah, it's John from the agency guy. And then I looked it up. I was like, guide. Have I been saying it wrong? <laughs> like, do I have a mis? Do I have like a memory that got confused or mixed up in there? So that makes me feel a lot better. <laughs> yeah, yeah. We loved the old the agency guy moniker, but I guess had to evolve with the times a little bit, and also better represent yeah. some of the expansion and growth we've gone through as a company. Yeah, yeah. No, it's great. It's perfect. All right, John. Thank you so much. Thank you. Have a good one, Alex. Thank you, everybody, for listening to the B2B Growth Marketer podcast uh, brought to you by Beacons Point. We are a content marketing and HubSpot agency based out of San Diego. Uh, today's episode, I want to thank John from the Agency Guide. He's a great resource. If you're out there thinking about hiring an agency and you're not sure where to start, he is a great place to go to. Uh, unbiased opinions, and he'll bring you the right things, uh, the right agencies for you. Uh, Thank you, Story Pemberton at Beacons Point for the marketing and promotion. Uh, As always, check out our website at beaconspoint.com. We have some great resources. We have a new newsletter subscription called the Marketers Basecamp. Uh, Resources, guides, information, everything you need to do to make yourself a better marketer. All right. Thanks, everybody.